at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrude and with me is my brother Justin. Say hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. All right. Well, what a day week two, uh, this Sunday week two was. Uh, man, I had uh, uh, one fantasy team that did pretty well against Justin. <laughs> yeah, about that. My, then, rankings, my rankings went to trash this week at quarterback. <laughs> and, and then I had a team that absolutely crapped the bed. So, uh, yeah. Welcome to fantasy football. Welcome to fantasy football. And you may hear you you know you may hear me rant about this later on in the year. This is why I don't like smaller leagues. I like the bigger leagues where I know the deeper sleepers and all that kind of stuff and can actually you know have an advantage. Yeah, what I would say is, um, and once again, this is this is not necessarily to the news of, of today, but we like to produ- or produce and, and let you guys know about fantasy football in general, not just the aspects of the games. Anything less than a 12-team league, I, I would not consider a legitimate league because there's too much depth on the waiver wires. There's too much uh, talent on everybody's teams. Um, I love getting the questions that come in through our DM about uh, six-team leagues, which is just flip a coin. Like every single one of your guys is a starter, so you just flip a coin. So, but uh, But, yeah. Uh, we're here to help. Uh, be sure to follow us and like us on iTunes and, and those kinds of things. And then uh, there you go, Ryan. All right. So, uh, well, and when you get to iTunes, make sure to hit actually hit that subscribe button. Don't just look us up. Subscribe. Yes, hit that button. <laughs> All right. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get into the news? And, uh, you know, not that there's very much. So, all right, here we go. Today's headlines. Uh, in the news, uh, Danny Amendola exited Sunday's Week 2 game with a potential concussion. This isn't anything surprising since this is actually you know something that he deals with on a semi-regular basis. Um, he has had concussion problems before. Oh, looks like. Oh, sleeper's not working. Um, Dalvin Cook uh, was injured in today's games. Looked like it was just a cramp. Looks like he'll be fine. So... No, no need to necessarily go out and get Mark or um, Demar. Or, shoot, what's his name? Not Demarco. The other Latavius? Murray. Latavius. Latavius Murray. Murray. That Murray. Yes. You can tell how great my fantasy football day went. Um, uh, Latavius yet uh, Cook should be fine. So. Yeah, Cook, Cook will be fine. Just cramps. There's not a lot of of major injury news today. No, uh, Larry Fitzgerald exited today with a hamstring injury. 
Um, I think at this point, uh, with the way the game was going, uh, he had just three receptions for 28 yards on five targets before exiting. I don't. I think honestly, at that point, because they were so far down, they just say, "Pull him. Let's just make sure he stays healthy." Yeah. With as bad as uh, Arizona is right now, let's not become a mass unit by the end of the season. I think that's their <laughs> logic. <laughs> um, Melvin Gordon went down for a minute in this in the game today. Uh, one, no, I think he left for one play. I think I, maybe so. Uh, nothing big there with Melvin Gordon. Uh, Greg Zurline, Legatron left the game before the game even started. Uh, apparently, he injured his groin during warmups. Uh, so, for all of you kicker, all of you guys who had kickers that you know in your lineup, and you find out, I found out like five minutes into game, five minutes into game time, I think, is when that announcement actually came out that he wasn't going to play. So that was wonderful. Uh, yeah, the the thing that always pops into my head when I hear a kicker uh, hurting themselves, um, because they're football players by by paycheck. That's about it. Um, is watching Bill Gramatica uh, hurt himself on a celebration when yeah. he like, tore his ACL because he jumped up and like did a a fist pump, but he like he swung his leg weird and just jacked it up. I hope that did not happen to Zerline because I don't like it when people get injured. But it's just interesting seeing kickers who are already questionably fantasy relevant anyway do things like this yeah pretty much and let me go back let me see i think that's all i actually had let me see oh todd Gurley left for a minute because of cramping whatever uh the dallas morning news reports that the cowboys do not have an interest in josh gordon which means he's probably going to san francisco or hey espn's rich Kamini reports that the jets have some interest in josh gordon which could be interesting. Uh, that's interesting because they, they're they already not really using Robbie Anderson. Quincy Anunua is, Quincy Anunua is clearly the number one. Uh, and Pryor is actually kind of doing some stuff. So Here and there. He, he, was, he was kind of fantasy relevant in a much deeper league if you were to have desperately needed to play him this week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, there are other teams that are hurting more at wide receiver, and you're going to have to give up a draft pick to get him. Otherwise, you got to wait for him to get released by the end of Monday. Yeah, re- yeah, released tomorrow. So we'll see. I honestly, I think he gets released, and then it'll just kind of be a. It's not even going to be a free for all because there are so many teams that are just kind of away, just not even going to deal with it. So yeah, if you couldn't make it at the Browns, I think that's a lot of that's a, that's saying a lot for a lot of teams. All right, and looks like that's all I've got for the news and notes for today's headlines. That is it. So we are going to move on to our uh, Kings and Stings section. And at this point, Justin, I will let you take over, and we'll kind of go over the best and the worst performances from the gameplay today. Yeah, uh, right out of the gate, the, the best performance of the day. Everybody knows it. Hopefully, you did not have him sitting on your bench. Um, I was fortunate enough to have be playing a guy who did sit him on his bench. Uh, Pat Mahomes, 
326 yards and six touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Pat Mahomes has been torching people because the Chargers, I think, are a very underrated defense and pretty good in the past. But Mahomes now has 10 touchdowns in his first two games and no interceptions. So great performance so far this week. Um, I, I have n- I've been waiting on Mahomes because he's only had one game and who knows, could have been a fluke. Uh, I think he's great. I'm going to be moving him up my rankings for the rest of the season. Number two, Big Ben, same game. Just no one apparently wanted to play defense today in that game. Uh, Big Ben throws for 452 yards, three touchdowns, none of which went to Antonio Brown. (laughs) Um, And so uh, moving on to number three, Kirk Cousins, 425 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception in – a game against the Packers where the Vikings still have shown the only weakness on that team is the kicker, which has been the weakness of that team for the last three years. Um, So uh, Green Bay and Minnesota obviously ending in a tie today, uh, 29 to 29, uh, back-to-back weeks with a tie. Uh, Number four, uh, just to kind of round it out, uh, honorable mentions, Blake Bortles, 377 yards, four touchdowns. I definitely did not see that coming against the Patriots. And then Ryan Fitzmagic, again, pulls something out of nowhere uh, and throws for 402 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Now, we have all enjoyed the the memes or the photos that are going on right now with Fitzpatrick and his magical flowing locks of a beard uh, showing up as – as Al Pacino from Scarface or, or uh, USC fighter, uh, give me his name again. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's, he, I mean, right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is showing up as uh, some sort of like mythical legend. He's like a centaur right now in fantasy football because what he's doing, he wasn't even on a roster really. I mean, he's, he was Jameis Winston's backup, and now to me – if the Buccaneers want to continue winning, you leave things where they're at and you let Jameis sit on the bench for uh, when he returns. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think you just you just keep playing him. Uh, at this point, you have no other choice, especially with how, with D-Jack. I mean, it starts off the game with the 75-yard touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think uh, randomly, I think the, the best defense to play when – the Buccaneers are on their own 25 is play prevent. <laughs> when they hit their 20, their 25 yard line twice, DJack, OJ Howard, both 75 yard touchdowns was, was really all they did in the first half. And then they continue to score in the second half, but just absolute magic right now coming from Fitzpatrick. Uh, moving on to the stings. There aren't really a lot of painful stings this week in the quarterback position of quarterbacks that you would start. Uh, Bradford obviously had a horrible game, but he's not exactly uh, startable in any league, even two quarterback leagues, so we're not going to really get into it there. But Alex Smith, 292 yards, a lot of yards, but no touchdown, no interception. Uh, Case Keenum, also 222 yards in an interception. Um, he didn't have a rushing touchdown, though. Ah, so I guess that's where he gets a little bit of that's bump. where he got a little bit of his bump. Uh, I completely forgot about that uh, that touchdown, that uh, that drop back, kind of fake everybody out with five wide, and then dive 
very, very uh, coyly. Uh, is that a word? I don't know. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, towards the goal line, he did get in. And then Eli Manning kind of doing what Eli does, uh, 279 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Odell Beckham looked uh, horrible tonight. Um, just not a lot of production from him. And so on to the running back situation, back to the King side. Uh, Todd Gurley picking up where he left off last season. Uh, not The top two this week. Didn't have a lot of yards. They just found the end zone three times. And so Todd Gurley, only 73 total yards, but they were destroying uh, the Cardinals. And so three catches, three TDs. Uh, once again, all of these are, are based off of PPR metrics. Uh, number two, Melvin Gordon, only 66 uh, total yards uh, with six catches, three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, awesome. Think about that though. Is when you're always starting with the short field because you know you can get the the bills to practically you know go three and out every time. Hand you the ball. Um, Austin Eckler actually got more yards than Melvin Gordon. Uh, Austin Eckler ended up with uh, 98 yards, three catches, and ended up with a pretty good day himself. Danny Woodhead 2.0. Danny Woodhead 2.0. Uh, and so uh, coming in at number three, Christian McCaffrey. 139 yards, 14 catches. Um, so apparently uh, there's no one to throw to in Carolina except for dumps out of the backfield for Christian McCaffrey. I've liked Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I've tried to acquire him in, in some other leagues. Uh, there's just everyone who drafted him is a big believer, and so you're not really going to get much in terms of trade unless you want to give up a little bit too much. Unless that person's dealing with an injury and you might be able to swing something. But coming in, number four, Matt Breida. Uh, to throw this back at you once I give the stats, so 159 yards, three catches, one touchdown. Ryan, are you still holding that Alfred Morris is the back to own in San Francisco? Because Breida did – he busted off a 67-yard rush, which is where a large chunk of his rushing yards came from but are you still holding that Alfred Morris would be the one, or, or is this kind of game leading us to believe that Matt Breida would be the one to own? I think, I mean, obviously for PPR, Breida is the one to own, um, which I was somewhat saying from the beginning. I think that Morris, you know, I, I was trying to lean on the fact that Morris has the experience in that offense, in that offensive system. Honestly, I think, I think it could go either way. Honestly, I still think that, yeah, Breida may get big yards like this, but there may also be games where they're just handing the ball off to Alfred Morris and he's able to run all over the place too. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the 49ers offense. I mean, I would have thought that Pierre Garçon would have more of an impact with Goodwin out. Or George Kittle. Or George Kittle. Uh, and so it is one of those things that, I don't know if you'll get a consistent go-to guy from the 49ers. I think Garoppolo will get his yards, which he always does. Whether or not he'll find the end zone is another thing. He did find the end zone a couple times today. Uh, but the 49ers are still kind of that we'll see. I still think that they'll finish third or fourth uh, in the NFC, probably third with how the Cardinals look. Um, but uh, on to number five, Chris Thompson, 93 yards, 13 catches, zero touchdowns. 
Uh, he is continuing to prove himself valuable in the passing game. Uh, and to me, he's the back to own. Adrian Peterson, uh, even in standard formats, I still don't like Peterson because he can't stay healthy from week to week uh, and will not continue to prove value uh, on a week-to-week basis because he's old. He doesn't have the same uh, bounce back from recovery. So I really like Chris Thompson the rest of the season above uh, Adrian Peterson. And so I, would, any, I would agree with that. Uh, and so any other feedback from those uh, five kind of kings or top performers, Ryan? Uh, no. It's in, ter- in terms of the uh, – I like Chris Thompson. Uh, you know, there was a big uh, fight in uh, in my draft, in my uh, live draft that I did. Uh, Chris Thompson got taken the pick before – Another guy was going to take him, which was about two rounds earlier than his average draft position. And the guy that picked him had him last season. The guy that was going to pick him, quote-unquote going to pick him, wasn't even there at the draft and gave a list of players that he, <laughs> with his own rankings. That If you were not there at the draft, that's your fault. Thompson, well, here's the deal. He was in Reno or Vegas for another draft that was actually like a big money draft. It was like $500 per team. If you're not at your draft, that is your fault. Anyways, but yeah, so that's okay. – I mean, and that was the same round that I was going to take Chris Thompson three picks later. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, was, I was on him. I knew that he was going to be – he's going to be the guy. So, yeah, it's, it's – uh, he's definitely a solid player that I wish I had on my teams. Uh, now off to the stings. David Johnson, uh, I think this uh, – 51 yards, one catch. I think this is really – the biggest part here, this speaks to how bad the Cardinals are. I don't. I think this is less about David Johnson, as we all know he can ball out if given a running lane, maybe, uh, and some room to catch the ball. Uh, but this was just an ugly game. The Rams' defense just is crazy good. They were good last year, and then they added uh, drastic improvements on the outside and up the middle. Uh, so I see the Rams continuing to do this to teams and the Cardinals just, it, it just shows the gap between the top team and the bottom team in the division. Um, the, the number two sting more or less at the, the running back position, Rex Burkhead only 22 yards today against, uh, the Jaguars. Uh, Sony Michelle is really kind of showed himself today, uh, in busting out a, a couple of runs, 30, 34 yards for Sony Michelle. James White still kind of leads that backfield in terms of a PPR perspective, getting uh, catches out of the backfield. Uh, and then Deion Lewis, with, with as much as Deion Lewis kind of took over uh, in week one, he shows up on the Sting side, uh, 43 yards, one catch uh, in his game today. And Henry seemed to be getting more of the workload, right? Do you have one kind of feeling one way or the other? Which, which do you think we'll see more of moving forward, kind of the Deion Lewis of today or the Deion Lewis of last week? I think, honestly, I think that today was more of a more of the fact that it was Blaine Gabbert quarterbacking and not Marcus Mariota. Honestly, I think that's what it was. With, when Mariota is, is quarterbacking, I think they were just trying to manage the game as much as possible and not put the game in Blaine Gabbert's hands. Yeah, um, power run. Yeah, so, and, and I thought because Mariota was not on the injury report, I thought he was actually going to play today 
and it turned out he didn't because I had Jonu Smith in a couple of lineups who got me a big whopping zero because he only had one target for no catches, and then had and then you know and then I had uh, I don't know if anyone well anyone read my DFS article I had uh, Dion Lewis starting in my lineup and had him as a as a value DFS play because he was so cheap, and then Blaine Gabbert comes in and starts and they just keep handing the ball off to to Derrick Henry. So yeah, 117 yards from Blaine Gabbert. No one started him. No one played him, so he's not a sting. But he still threw two touchdowns. Yeah. So I, I so, think. Oh, sorry. One touchdown. Honestly, I think it's more. I think it was more of a. This is that's what they're going to do if it's Blaine Gabbert, not Marcus Mariota. Yeah. So uh, kind of cue Dion Lewis's fantasy value based off of whether or not Marcus Mariota is a starter. Correct. I think that makes their offense more dynamic anyway. Um, Derrick Henry didn't really do much either. I think uh, with Blaine Gabbert back there. Houston's got a, a pretty solid defense. Um, as the rest of the season rolls out, we'll we'll see how much how good they really are. Uh, once again, only two weeks in, but y- you're going to stack the box because you know Blaine Gabbert's not going to beat you. Yeah, and one so. other thing that I think it may have been a typo in in like the NFL.com like highlights as they were going through, but it looked like four plays in a row that Derrick Henry was getting a direct snap. One of those, he actually passed the ball for eight yards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it says uh, one for one, eight yards, <laughs> 18 carries, six, 56 yards, which is a horrible rushing average. So yeah, so that's uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how that's kind of how my day went in terms of my running backs. Uh, now on to uh, the wide receivers, and I like what happened today uh, coming from the Vikings because I have both Diggs and Thielen uh, in my uh, top twelve for the season. Uh, but coming in at number one, Stefan Diggs, nine catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, and then Thielen, right behind him, 12 catches, 131 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Ryan, I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this uh, at the beginning of the season. Which do you think, all said and done at the end of the season, ends up with more yards? They both had, or sorry, more value. They both had 13 uh, kind of targets. Uh, Stefan Diggs did get kind of a rush. Um, they both kind of had the same amount of yards. Just Stefan Diggs got the extra touchdown and the two point conversion. Uh, Thielen is the one that gets targeted the most, um, as out of the slot, kind of that, uh, um, kind of Jameis, uh, or Jamison Crowder type out of the slot. So, in terms of PPR, I mean, they're right back and forth. The problem is. Thielen will get them to the end zone, and then they'll throw it to Diggs. Uh, yes, so I think that's kind of that's where I'm where I'm struggling, especially today when I was going up against Cousins and Diggs and had Thielen myself. <laughs> so it's like Lamar Miller running you all the way to the goal line, and then Alfred Boo. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think honestly, for me, it's going to go back and it's going to go back and forth. It the the whole thing will rest on how healthy Stefan Diggs can stay. That's that's really where that's really a difference. Yeah, Thielen hasn't really had a injury history, so I, I would be I would feel more comfortable with Thielen. Diggs has the the kind of the the big play, I think a little bit bigger play uh, potential, but has had injury issues, and I don't think he's played a full season yet. Um, moving on to number three from the wide receiver position is a top performer, Juju Smith Schuster. 13 catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Um, 
going at the, at the beginning of the year, uh, I talked about how uh, Ben Roethlisberger has not been able to maintain two top 15 fantasy wide receivers. Uh, he's only done it once, I think, in his 12-year career. Uh, do you see Juju continuing this pace, uh, or do you think this was a one game? Obviously, he's still a great player, still kind of a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, but do you think we'll continue to see him at the top of this list? I think I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be regularly in that wide receiver two area. Uh, they, I mean, they pass the crap out of the ball. Honestly, they're not throwing the ball to Connor as often as they would to Le'Veon Bell. And yeah. so as long as Le'Veon Bell is out, I think Schuster is the one that eats up more of those targets. Yeah, James Connor only got 13 touches, so eight carries for 17 yards. He hardly could run the ball, but with the Steelers playing catch-up almost all day, yeah, they, they were, were throwing the ball all over the field. Correct. Uh, five catches, 48 yards, and, uh, and the two-point conversion. Connor still having a, a, a good day beating projections. Uh, coming in at number four, Michael Thomas, who is still just a beast. Uh, 12 receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns, not as many yards as last week, but still, in the first two weeks, he has 30 catches. And three touchdowns. Yep. I feel a little uh, jaded, personally, because I let Michael Thomas slip past me in, in a draft where I took Keenan Allen above Michael Thomas, and these first two weeks are just slapping me across the face and saying I was wrong. But, uh, well, but yeah. I, th- I, think that, uh, I think that Keenan, Keenan Allen will get there. I think that they, just, they haven't had the best um, – the best matchups these last couple of weeks. Honestly. And it's the Bills. They got ahead early, and they tried to mail it in, and they yeah. just weren't very – I mean, the, going into – I think the third quarter, they had two yards. Game, game, script, game script was not in Keenan Allen's favor today, let's be honest. No. No, it wasn't. Not after the first touchdown to, to Mike Williams and then two passing touchdowns to Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So, uh, rounding it off, number five – A.J. Green, five catches, 69 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, I'm glad that A.J. Green was able to do it. I don't see it happening very often. I mean, how often do you see three catches, three touchdowns, and 39 yards? Uh, He did round it out with two more catches for the rest of the game. Um, I like A.J. Green the rest of the season to be kind of that bottom end uh, wide receiver one is, is a very reasonable spot for him with the uh, kind of a top five upside. Um, and then moving on to our kind of our stings of the week in terms of wide receivers. Coming in at number one, based off of the performance he had last week, Kenny Stills is my most painful receiver of the week. Two receptions, 17 yards. He had over 100 yards in week one with two touchdowns. Granted, that was only four catches. But still, Kenny Stills, uh, as long as Devontae Parker continues to stay inactive, Kenny Stills is clearly, by far, the wide receiver to own in Miami. Coming in at number two, we talked about a little bit of his cramping and then them saving him. Larry Fitzgerald, three catches, 28 yards. Uh, Right now, Arizona's got a lot of work to do. I think at this point, if they go down three games to begin the season, it is Josh Rosen time very quickly because at that point, get him his work and you got nothing to play for the season anyway. It's Josh Rosen time right now. Right now. 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 I have now. <laughs> now. 
I have Fitzpatrick in one league and and uh, and DJ in another league. Give it to him now. <laughs> uh, rounding it out, number three, Demarius Thomas, five catches, eighteen yards. Whew. Um, yeah, that is definitely not what he had against the Seahawks. He had similar catches, way more yards. I think stop throwing screen passes to your big man. If you're going to throw screen passes, throw it to Emmanuel Sanders and have Demarius Thomas block. I'll be honest. I think with Demarius Thomas, I think it's uh, – I honestly think that this is a, a an age thing for him that he is not able to – get the separation that he used to and therefore they're trying to find ways to get him the ball and get him going and it's not working yeah well five catches i i doubt you'll see another five catch 18 yard performance uh unless it's a running back out of the backfield uh moving on tight end kings uh travis kelsey owners can stop freaking out now um his one catch performance week one uh just got obliterated by his seven catch, 109 yard, two touchdowns. Uh, I'm a little surprised with how many touchdowns Pat Mahomes uh, threw that we only have one other chief on this list of top five, top five performers across the board. But once again, Travis Kelsey is a monster. Those who were freaking out about his usage in week one, once again, chill, relax. We told you that last week. Um, but monster over the middle continue to, to get work. Uh, the surprising one on this list really is Jesse James, who comes in at number yeah. two. Yeah. Five catches, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Now, I talked a little bit in the preseason about Vance McDonald. When he comes back, would be the guy based off of the game that he had in the playoffs of, I think, 14 or uh, double-digit catches, 110 yards, touchdown, great game. But right now, it's almost like the uh, the Fitzpatrick-Winston situation where the guy who is right now outperforming may continue to keep his job even though there's a, a better guy sitting behind him. Um, what are your thoughts there? Um, honestly, I don't like the tight end situation at all in Pittsburgh anyways because I've, I've stated this before. I think that this is a fluke. Um, even when Heath Miller was the tight end for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, he wasn't all that often in the top 10 or he'd be right on that edge of the top 10. And it was because of extremely inconsistent performances. Uh, he would go one week where he would have eight, nine, 10 catches for 100 yards or one catch for a touchdown and then have five straight games where they used him as a blocker and he would finish with, uh, two catches for 10 yards. So, uh, honestly, there's with how many other weapons are there, it just so happened that there was an exploitable matchup for Jesse James. This is not going to – the tight end thing is not going to be a regular thing in Pittsburgh. It's A.B., whoever the running back is, whether it's Le'Veon Bell or James Conner, and Juju Smith-Schuster with a little bit here to Washington here and there. So Yeah, but eight catches – 198 yards and a touchdown in the first two weeks. He will be highly targeted on the waiver wire. I will look elsewhere personally. Once Correct. again, for a lot of the reasons that you stated, uh, but we'll get into waivers uh, on tomorrow's show. Zach Ertz, 
once again, bounces back from his horrible performance in week one with 11 catches, 94 yards, but he doesn't score. Once again, Zach Ertz owners. You just got to ride this whole like Nick Foles thing, but clearly right now uh, you play Tampa Bay, you lost, but clearly it was the Aguilar and Ertz show with Ajayi when he was on the field. And so those are your three. So if you got one of those three, you're going to be fine. Uh, whether or not Wentz plays in week three or week four is still yet to be seen. But if you have Ertz, you should be fine. You should have some good matchups coming down the road uh, over the next couple of weeks. And so coming in at number four, this is the one that kind of hurts because I had him at number nine, uh, Evan Ingram. Seven catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Good exploitable matchup for Eli uh, against the Cowboys. Solid game from Ingram. He is going to score from time to time, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense as well. And I think uh, Odell having a bad game is really what led to Ingram having a little bit of, of a better game, in my opinion. Uh, once again, I, I see the Ingram situation much like you see the, the Steelers. There's too many mouths to feed uh, for it to be a consistent basis, obviously Ingram can still be kind of that middle tight end one range, but I see Ingram slipping a little bit more than than most others for the rest of the season. Yeah, you had him at 11. I had him at 5. Yeah, like I said, uh, <laughs> my rankings were good. There's just like one or two in each position that just smacked me upside the head. I, I don't think anyone saw Bortles as a top five performer. No. I think there were a lot of people that saw Mahomes as a top three, top four, a big band I had high. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, uh, at this point, I'm throwing him in his top five next week. I don't care uh, because he's throwing 400 yards and in, in four touchdowns, so I'll take it. But uh, rounding out the tight ends, number five, O.J. Howard, three catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Outside of his 75-yard touchdown, he had two catches for 24 yards. But he is getting used and can run like a gazelle once he has the ball in his hands. I love his ability to do something with the ball after he's caught it. I just would prefer that he had a little bit more target share in the offense. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think that I like – here's the problem. I like Chris Godwin, who is now two back-to-back weeks with a touchdown as the wide receiver three. And – and you also have O.J. Howard as a tight end. It, you know, it's, I think those two are going to go back and forth, to be completely honest, and a lot of the target share is going to go to uh, Jackson as long as he's healthy and Evans. So, yeah. Real quick, now that you've gone through the, the, all the kings, I know you're going to hit the stings for the tight ends here in yep. just a second. Just to go through, just to continue to wallow in my own misery for today, here's guys that were just – that I went up against today, all from the same team. Kirk Cousins, Stefan Diggs, Michael Thomas, Zach Ertz, Chris Thompson. All those were on one team that went up against me today. Yeah, all so them, you lost. All of them were kings. <laughs> Let's not forget Nelson Aguilar was also in there, and Alvin Kamara was also in there, who yeah. both had solid games. And Kamara didn't hit his projection. I mean, a lot of people were like, ooh, Kamara didn't hit me. I was like... He still got you 18 points. Like, chill. His projection was 21. He's still going to miss at times. 
Yeah, so yeah, so, I just need to wallow a little bit more. Uh, and then uh, moving on to the stings at the tight end position, I think all three of these guys were kings last week. Uh, Rob Gronkowski coming in as the most painful one because of your high draft stock in him. Two catches, 15 yards. So um, are we going to hear another quote from Jalen Ramsey tomorrow or Monday as, as this show comes out? Or are you predicting – I'm predicting another Jalen Ramsey quote of I told you so or something along the lines of I told you Rob Gronkowski was just okay kind of a thing. Yeah, we're probably going to hear it. And while there are a lot of people that love hearing that from guys like him, it drives me up the wall. Just shut up and play. But, you know, whatever. I kind of want to see his grandma out there. <laughs> see him take out his own grandmother. Nothing, nothing, I don't want to see an elderly lady hurt. But I just want to see if he would really do it. Because I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. Um, here, here nor there. Uh, number two, Jack Doyle. Great week one. Two catches, 20 yards in week two. Uh, I, I don't really know what to do with this whole uh, cold situation. Um, kind of hit and miss all over the place. Um, once again, Ebron does get, is the one that gets into the end zone from the two tight end perspective. Do you think that's because he's a bigger target, better target? He's not getting the coverage that, uh, that Doyle is. What's your thoughts there? I don't – Eric Ebron is, is a great athlete. He just, for some reason, was not able to create that chemistry and connect with Matthew Stafford. Um, a lot of people claim that he had hands of, you know, of ping-pong paddles. Um, and that's just how great – that's just – that's how great he could catch. Um, like a seal? Like a seal. Or, or, um However, for some reason, he's got something going here with, with Andrew Luck. And while at the beginning of the year, I was really touting Jack Doyle to have a good season, I'm kind of I'm, I'm switching to Eric Ebron. I think that Ebron, because of his size, is probably going to get more of the red zone looks. Um, and, and it looks like Andrew Luck trusts him. So, Yeah, the one, the one thing that I'll say about Ebron is he's not getting a lot of targets. He's getting about four. A game, he was four from four last week with a touchdown. He's three for four this week, but he only had 29 yards. This is, this is not something that's going to be crazy. I, I would still go with Doyle. We both had him as a top 10 tight end. Once again, your tight ends are going to have really bad weeks. I think Washington's defense is underrated. I think it was a somewhat difficult, challenging matchup. Once again, Andrew Luck. He's not really able to throw the deep ball, although he did connect uh, with T.Y. Hilton on a touchdown. I think this is just something you're going to have to go with from the Colts' offense and their atrocious offensive line. Yep. Um, number three, George Kittle. Great performance oh. last week. Highly touted. Uh, didn't you have him on your DFS lineup or no? I had him as one of my value plays for DFS this week. Value play for DFS. And he, he was a value for a reason, apparently. <laughs> Well, you and yeah, I both I you and I both had him ranked high this week, and it just didn't work. Yeah. So once again, we all have bad weeks. Um, two catches, twenty-two yards, but San Francisco does get the win. Um, Garoppolo, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. Once again, still not a player I would really go with. Uh, but but Kittle, I would have thought with Goodwin out, 
he would have been more relied on, but not a not as much um, movement going to to Kittle. Selleck did get the touchdown, so they are still targeting the tight end. Two uh, two catches, twenty two yards for Selleck. Um, I think Kittle will bounce back uh, in future weeks. Still a, a guy to go with because he is he's got he's got Garoppolo's eye. We'll put it that way. Yep. So that rounds out our our kings and stings. Uh, what you got, Ryan? Uh, really, as as of uh, as of this point, uh, that kind of covers it for there. We're uh, at this point. We're going to take a quick peek at the Monday night football game uh, before we call the show. Kind of look at the guys that um, could possibly help you out for your uh, for your game uh, for your week. Uh, I've got one. <laughs> in in my case, uh, it's I mean I'm so far behind it doesn't matter. Uh, the other in the other league, I'm beating Justin. I think I've got the Seahawks defense left to play. Yeah, I need a miracle from uh, what do I got? Uh, oh, uh, Trey Burton. I, I need Trey Burton to do Trey Burton preseason things. <laughs> so more. Yeah. So I mean, let's be honest. I the Seahawks the first week it was just a bad week. Um, I don't. They're still getting used to this offensive line. Uh, what, again, I know a lot of these guys are the same from last year, but they did not. I, let's say I think uh, DJ Fluker is out again this week. Yeah, possibly. I believe so. Um, so, what scares me honestly is the fact that uh, both their starting linebackers are out. You got Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright are out, uh, which I think is the only reason that the Seahawks signed Michael Kendricks, who's you know been convicted of insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, according according to Greg, who's one of our staff writers, who 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 is who has worked in that industry, yeah, who has worked in that industry, doesn't think Kendrick is going to get more than six months because he didn't make hardly any money, which is weighted in these trials and these hearings about insider trading. How much money did you make? How much? How well did you cheat? Yeah. Uh, or or in Monopoly, how much money did you grab as the banker? Like you grabbed a one dollar bill. Whoop-de-doo! You're not going to get a slap on the wrist, but it's like Greg thinks he's going to get six months. Who really knows? Um, but that is my primary concern. Uh, not to, not the monopoly grab, but the 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 linebackers being gone. I think this is a huge game for Jordan Howard owners and for uh, Trey Burton owners because yep, the entire linebacking core. Who's left? Really, it's honestly, Shaquem Griffin is our top linebacker right now. And he got benched. He got benched against Denver because missing trying missing too hard. Assignments. Yeah, missing a couple assignments is just not yeah, – yeah, just wasn't wasn't keeping up with the gameplay. So I have, I have his jersey. I love Griffin, but he needs to learn to do his job and not over-pursue every play trying to make the play. Um, so in terms of this game, honestly, Jordan Howard obviously is 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 uh, going to have a huge, huge play. Tariq Cohen, with how with how much you know, especially now that we know that both Wagner and KJ Wright are going to be out, Tariq Cohen could have a big game. Uh, you know, kind of in the same way that Philip Lindsay did uh, last week against the Seahawks. Al, I mean, in terms of the wide receivers, Allen Robinson is a possibility um, to have a bit of a game. Depending on how on how the uh, off uh, the DBs are are checking their assignments, if if Griffin 
twin brother, not the linebacker, the corner. Shaquille. On Al- if Shaquille is on Allen Robinson, as a Seahawks fan, I'm more comfortable. Correct. If they switch over to the other side, I'm terrified. Yeah. Because we basically have one corner and nobody else. Yeah. Um, so, honestly, the, the best your best plays right now are going to be uh, Burton, Tariq Cohen, and and Jordan Howard. As far as the Seahawks go, you're going to start Russell Wilson because even with the fact that the line is not in great shape, the um, the the Bears have Khalil Mack who's going to be coming off the edge like crazy. Honestly, I think Russell Wilson has the ability to create no matter what. You even look at you know yeah he got sacked six times last last week and didn't have a great game. Not having a great game, he still threw for what was it, 298 yards and two or three touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah, he also threw a couple interceptions. But he threw for three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. So um, I think that we're still – the Seahawks will still be okay in terms of uh, providing some uh, some offense and some uh, something for your teams. But really it's going to be Russell Wilson. If you have return yard scoring, Tyler Lockett may be an option. Of of the so you and I both agree that Russell Wilson is still playable, although risky. I mean, you drafted him, you're going to play him. Yeah. Uh, in order for them to win, he's got to have he has to beat his projections. Period. Correct. Because I don't think Seattle is going to hold Chicago's offense as much as Chicago's offense is not a juggernaut. It's not the Minnesota Vikings offense. Correct. Um, but who of the wide receivers do you feel more comfortable playing? Is it a Tyler Lockett or Brandon Marshall? Yes. <laughs> you got to pick one. Uh, I understand that. Uh, it depends on your scoring. If you have return yard scoring, I would go with uh, Tyler Lockett because he's he's uh, able to to score on the deep ball. Um, Brandon Marshall is probably going to get more volume. So uh, if it's if you don't have return yard scoring and you have Brandon Marshall, I would definitely go that direction. Um, if you, I, I would go Tyler Lockett personally. If you're waiting on Brandon, Mar- if you're waiting, Brandon Marshall is your last hope. You're in big trouble. Your team, you're toast. Your team is uh, toast. So. I would go with Tyler Lockett. A little bit more chemistry, more speed. True. I think in, in trying to get the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, there's going to be a lot of slot route, quick slant stuff. Um, I I like Tyler Lockett. Also, a better deep threat. Brandon Marshall does not have the speed to break away. So really, the the option for a Brandon Marshall touchdown is a jump ball in the end zone. Correct. So to me, I like Tyler Lockett, but I don't really hardly like the offense at all. Obviously, I think Chris Carson will beat his projection because I think they'll be able to do a little bit of running um, and a little bit of more dump off. So you'll get the PPR value. Yeah. Um, but I see this as Chicago winning by seven points personally. Okay. Yeah, I. I hate to say it as a Seahawks fan, but I I really I have a I think the Seahawks can win it. It's just it's going to be a it's going to be tough on them. Honestly, can Mitchell Trubisky see you know actually finish a game? That's going to be oh, part of it. We didn't cover our stat that we talked about before the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember Speaking who did it. Trubisky. I can't remember who did it. And this is this is why this is so important to this game. Um, I can't remember who said it. And I'm sorry for not giving credit to who actually said it because I haven't been able to find it on Twitter again. But uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, threw for six touchdowns today. Today, yeah, on Sunday, threw for six touchdowns. Mitchell Trubisky has seven in his career, and that's 
<laughs> it was last year. <laughs> so, yeah. Which would you? Re- no, no, I'm kidding. No <laughs> um, well, I think that's it for the show. All right. Yep. I think that's it. Uh, again, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, uh, Blogspot. You know, God, where all where all are we? Blog Talk Radio, Castbox. Doesn't matter where we are. Hit us on the iTunes. Hit us on the iTunes. Hit hit subscribe, please. Hit yes. Subscribe. Hit it all. Um, <laughs> share share uh, and share the episodes out with uh, with uh, those that you know. Um, again, this has been the Skulking Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan. And this is Justin. And we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, Skulking Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.